today on Laura Lynn and Friends. When you look at all of the timing of everything, and so we're bombarded with all of these different things going on. You got the Soji thing, you got, uh, um, you know, the Lahaina fire, and you got- uh, The climate agenda, the, the you know, the climate crisis. Whole of things. All of this is all happening, and it's not just happening, just happenstance, because it's all under the big umbrella of the UN WEF, uh, UN Agenda 2030. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the beginning of the last days. My name is Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. Once again, very, very happy to be with you, my friends. Very happy. Other than those who watch me to try to make trouble, um, happy to be with people of like mind who are searching for answers and trying to determine through the rubble. One thing that we've seen in this last three years, if COVID did anything for us at all, it revealed that we don't know who to trust and we don't know who's telling the truth. And uh, it seems like the more expert you are, the more of a deceiver you might be. And so we figured that all out and we got to that. We've also found out there's been such corruption um, in high places in countries like United States of America, finding out the, that the CIA were behind the killing of JFK. Um, God help us all. So you're all a bunch of crazy, evil people. And we're the peons, I guess, left to try to decipher how we survive. We're in the real life game of Survivor, apparently. Not too happy about it. Uh, all except that I know that my God is able to protect me and to keep me no matter what you do. And that my life is hid with Christ in God. And that nothing and no harm shall come to my family nor my person unless God okays it. And if he okays it, you know what? It all works out in the wash. I, I happen to believe that we have a, an incredible place to go one day. And that is heaven. And I am going to trust fully in all of that. So I opened my dad's incredible Bible today to Joshua chapter 1. And Joshua 1, my dad has underlined, and I'll show you this page. I love this man. I miss my dad a lot. I hope you can see it. Can you see it, JT? Do you think it's kind of coming through a little bit? A little bit. It's kind of bright. Yeah. Okay. So there's just a lot of writing, a lot of notes and all of that. So what I want to note actually right now is how um, in the book of Joshua 1, here's what happens. It says in verse 2, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou, and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I shall be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. So the word of God is my ultimate source and I believe there is one God and that there are many factions, there's many religions, and we have seen that they might um, have similar beliefs, yet 
it kind of goes in a different direction through the doctrines that different holy books come about with. So, I, I listen to the Bible. When the Bible says something, I personally, because I'm a Christian and because I have tested and gone through many different things, actually, to figure out what I truly believe, because uh, even though I was born into a Christian family, this may surprise a lot of you, I was a somewhat rebellious girl. And I, I definitely wanted to know and to test things for myself. I did not want my mommy and my daddy telling me what to do. I wanted to be able to determine for myself, is this book real? Is God real? And I tested it. I tried it. I inquired of the Lord that he would show me his ways, and he certainly has, and he's been very faithful to me. And I know that this Bible says that we are to bless the seed of Abraham, that we are to bless Israel, that we are to pray for the peace of Israel. Does that mean that there are not some pretty evil Jewish dudes out there, possibly part of the elite who don't have any good use for us? Yes. When Jesus showed up, his greatest problem was with the Pharisees in the temple that were supposed to be the Jewish holy leaders. And when Jesus showed up, he had a problem with them. These were the great leaders of the Jews. The Jews then crucified Jesus. But his love for them, his death was for them and for us. How do we find peace, love, forgiveness? How do we find an end to all of this hate that we see happening? And how do we find the truth and we find the deceivers in the midst of it all. Well, I have a good friend, and uh, his name is Ron, and I don't know if Ron wants to give his last name today. <laughs> I think he does, but <laughs> Ron, just come on, and a lot of people are gonna uh, recognize you, but you have been faithfully speaking out um, the truth as you see it for on biblical matters, and also you've had a lot of discussion regarding the UN Agenda 2030. And right. And, and I appreciate you telling the truth and warning. People are actually starting to uh, talk about this UNDRIP, and we're not going to talk about that today because of the, um, the, the crisis at hand. But you have been leading the way in trumpeting that there's a problem there. And I see, Ron, and you must be happy about this, that, that UNDRIP is actually beginning to be mentioned in the news. It it's is. beginning to be yeah, mentioned by politicians. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah, for sure. And uh, well, it's coming and bubbling to the surface. I mean, when you have the NHL doing land, you know, acknowledgements, uh, you know, before a hockey game, then it's pretty open. And and all these land acknowledgements are being done everywhere. So people are starting to see it somewhat, but they most most still don't get it. But uh, that's where we educate the people and uh, also the politicians as well. Yeah, so right. it's good. Well, I thank yeah. you for that. I want to read something before we get started, uh, because, yep. uh, you know, there's been some places in the world. Um, shocking to me, as I've stated on the last few days of the show, is the uprising and the hate that is seen in within our borders of Canada. And that's okay. that's concerning to me, Ron. It's concerning yes. to me when people are protesting in Ottawa, Toronto. Montreal, Vancouver, I think Edmonton and Calgary have had their own protests as well. And people, um, I'll read you something that Ezra Levant said shortly, but here's, um, I, I don't like hate. I want to, why can't we all just, can't we all just get along, you know? 
So Chris Selly um, in the National Post um, has an article that he put out yesterday. And uh, he said, let the pro-Hamas protests go on so that Canadians can face the vileness. If there is a crisis in Canadian society, looking away from it or trying to ban its manifestations are no solutions. And, you know, if there's anything that I've learned uh, in this last three years of the protests that we've had to do, we do not want people. I mean, I see our freedom fighters were at this very place. You know, I, I think this is Ottawa, isn't it? This looks a lot by like, oh, it's in Toronto. It's in Toronto. Okay. But it, it, it looks like one of our big Canadian cities. All right. And um, on October 9th, basically, this is what you saw. It could be, hey, Canadian flags and freedom protesters saying, you know, give us a bodily autonomy or whatever. Right. But so, um, uh, so we believe in being able to protest. People come to our country and we're a free country. And so... Uh, some places in the world are actually coming against and banning these protesters and, you know, t taking them down. So this is the, this is the writing of uh, Chris, um, and I think it's interesting and very good. As Palestinian supporters announced demonstrations to be held over Thanksgiving weekend in Canadian cities, in some cases explicitly celebrating the heroic resistance in Gaza with over 30 Zionist hostages captured, there were various calls for these events to be banned or cancelled. They include a letter to the police chiefs of Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, and uh, signed by conservatives. They include a letter to the police from Toronto city councillors and, uh, you know, more of the same. So my colleague John Iveson expressed sympathy for the view that certain demonstrations should be banned in future under the auspices of a new law against the glorification of terrorists, terrorist acts, and terrorist symbols. Uh, several of our peer countries have such laws, and they're not unreasonable. Now, the thing is, Ron, after what we've all been through, who decides what is yeah, who who decides what is a terrorist, right? You know where I'm going. JT's all well, over this, right? That, uh, we're all we're all terrorists now. I know. Basically. So if you're gonna start so, banning people with terrorists, uh, you know, acts or terrorist symbols, oh, I mean the Canadian flag, uh, you know, well, now it triggers yeah. people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's how they do it. They'll, they'll use something like this to be able to get people upset and then they'll go and create a new law. And then basically it, it affects us as individuals and in, in our ability to protest. So. 100%, 100%. So needless to say, the demonstrations went ahead. They were mostly peaceful. They were denounced with various degrees of effectiveness by politicians across the political spectrum. I even appreciate what, you know, what, Trudeau had to say, oh, I don't know. They were supported by groups such as QP, of course, which represents McMaster University employees and the QP's cartoon villain, Ontario President Fred Hahn, and a whole parade of organizations fired off mealy-mouth both side statements when they would have been much better off keeping, how do you say that? Is that shtum, JT? I don't know what that is. Shocking and mortifying as it often was to witness, it was certainly revealing. Uh, and revelation, while it can be deeply uncomfortable, is never a bad thing. And this is where I think he has a good point. Like, if you let evil show itself, if you let the hatred show itself, perhaps it can be perceived and light can be brought to it. So um, we are better off for having witnessed the weekend's events, for having heard the uh, correctness, uh, justifications for terrorism, and for having seen the much larger demonstrations in support 
of Israelis and Jews. Indeed, Canada is not a country that's in any position to try to sweep its problems under the couch. Reality has been smacking us about the mouth and ears with half defrosted fish for weeks and months on end, as embarrassing as it has been on occasion. It has all been for the good. So do you agree with that, that, that there's a certain part of just allowing everyone to show their sides and what they think and whose side they land on and what kind of um, acts they celebrate, that it gives us an insight as to who's who? Well, it does lay out that, uh, you know, but the thing is what what's what, what we're headed towards with this whole UN agenda that is basically the overarching theme of where we're headed is that uh, individualism has to go and collectivism is where we're headed. So that's why you always hear the UN papal buzzword of uh, common or common home or common good. Uh, you got common core education. Uh, and, and so it's a collectivist type of thinking. And, and so any kind of individualism or protest uh, is going to be basically eradicated or stepped on in the future. And it's happening now, as we can see what's going on with Canada and the suppression of, you know, uh, individuals just being able to share what they want to share, you know. Um, so this is where we're headed and um, and they will use, you know, legitimate, there's always a legitimacy to how they go and roll this stuff out. So there might be a legitimate concern, well, hey, that's going too far, allowing them to protest and, and causing all this trouble and everything else like that. So, and then you get the reaction of the people say, yeah, yeah. And then they'll go ahead and, and go along with it. So it's it's very sophisticated psychological operations yeah. going on with people. Right. Okay. Well, check out this next part, which I think is another excellent uh, point by the writer. It is a good thing for Canada, though, alas, not for Ukraine, that ex-Speaker of the House of Commons, Anthony Rhoda, accidentally blew the lid off Canada's studiously ignored history of celebrating Ukrainian uh, Waffen SS volunteers. Uh, Canadians having concluded that Yaroslav Hunka should never have been honoured in the House of Commons, it's a good thing that we're now contemplating what on earth all the statues, and I guess he shows these statues in honour of Hunka's mates, are doing on Canadian soil. So, exactly. uh, I, you know, so we've we've always been celebrating these these criminals, I or, or these war people, you know, that I guess were really Nazi uh, affiliates. Um, and then he says, if only we put half as much intellectual effort into deciding what to do with the statues of monarchs, prime ministers, and other Canadian historical figures, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, it's a mess. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's it's all very sophisticated. There's all kinds of, that's the thing is that, <clears throat> and that's the reason why I wanted to kind of change the show, because we were we were going to talk about uh, Lahaina Fire yep. and whatnot. And, and we are, but show. I'm not done, because I have one more point here. So let me just all get right, back right. To, to this, because this is interesting. Now, you know I've been fighting Soji. You've had a lot to say about Soji as well. So he goes on to say here, many progressive Canadians were clearly dismayed last month to see Muslims, Muslims, leading the way in protests against various gender-related issues in public schools. Some reasoned aloud that the Muslims must have been co-opted by nasty Christians. Like, let's follow how all of this is, is playing out. Nasty Christians, as if that were more likely than immigrants, having arrived from the Middle East and North Africa with social conservatism pre-installed. 
It was an admission of pure multiculturalist delusion. And here's the thing, so I'll let this all go now at this point, uh, all of this. Uh, it's, it's just a, an absolutely excellent National Post um, article. But all of this to say, Ron, that like people are pretty ignorant um, if they thought that they were bringing in Palestinians or bringing in Muslims or Sikhs, that they don't actually disagree completely with the whole gender thing that goes on as well. Oh, and how sure. can they be surprised by that? I mean, how stupid are they? Like, how ignorant right. of people's beliefs are you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, the, the thing is, you get all kinds of articles written and and people having different opinions. It's all floating, you know, ideas out to society to get them to, to move a certain way. And, uh, right. but, uh, well, well, here's Ezra Levant's ideas. So he says the most hateful week in 80 years, um, the most anti-Semitic moment since the Holocaust followed by hate rallies across Canada, including chants for murder. And yet Trudeau's anti-hate NGO at anti-hate.ca hasn't had a single word to say. Um, yeah, that exactly. also to me is very telling. And a very good point oh, yeah. made by Ezra Levant. Yeah, well, anti-hate.ca is basically like a brown shirt organization of the 21st century. It's, uh, you know, that's the way they do it. Any people opposed to what the agenda is, uh, they get beaten down or they get censored or, or whatever. And and so that, yeah, they're, they're going to be quiet about. And, and the whole fact of having uh, him in the parliament, I mean, that that's something that, um, uh, you know, that just doesn't happen, you know, by luck and by golly. Everything is scripted and planned and, and things that go on. Everything is, you know, very you know, rehearsed and everything else. They Ron. knew what they were doing. He actually right. was in there before. So, right. so there's another. And, and you have a real on. thought about this. So let's get into it about your yeah. take sort of on what your, I'm going to just say hypothesis because I don't think any of us yeah. have truth. Uh, no, but you have some real convictions about this some of the things that have happened. Well, well yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I switched the whole show, you know, to uh, to talk about Israel and what's going on because the whole world is watching it. And, and most people can say that this is like a, well, they call it the 9-11 of Israel. And uh, it really is. And uh, so it's moving everything into a certain direction. It's like a turning point. In, in, like when 9-11 happened, we knew it was a turning point. <clears throat> and it really was. Everything, you know, changed quite a bit. And so this... What's that? Okay. Oh, 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 hang on. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. My, our okay. other guest just came in and we could hear him. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Yeah, so this is a real turning point. Uh, it, it could be. I mean, it could just, you know, die down, but, but I don't think so. It, it seems like it's, uh, when you look at all of the timing of everything, and so we're bombarded with all of these different things going on. You got the Soji thing, you got, uh, um, you know, the Lahaina fire, and you got... Uh, the climate agenda, the, the you know, the climate crisis. Of things. All of this is all happening, and it's not just happening, just happenstance, because it's all under the big umbrella of the UN WEF, uh, UN Agenda 2030. They have their goals that they want to achieve, and it's hard to talk about Agenda 2030 and to get people to, to really understand it because their eyes glaze over. But if you just talk about, I always say, well, have you heard of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum that in tw by 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy? That's their goal. And people can get that, right? right. And that's simple to understand. And that. that's really 
all of this is going. All of these events are, are bringing us to this point. And, and so this war that has happened here, to me, it doesn't seem like it's just a happenstance thing. It's, it's very, you know, kind of planned and programmed into the whole mix of things in order to bring about the UN Agenda 2030 uh, goals and, and WEF goals, right? And, and some of the flags that come up in my mind where um, the issue of their iron dome, dome gets, you know, uh, you know, they get kind of hoodwinked and all these missiles manage to land. And then you got uh, the land invasion as well going through, you know, you know, a really fortified situation there. You got the um, Egypt, you know, they went ahead and they told uh Israel, all the way up to Netanyahu, that basically that they're expecting Hamas to do something big. And then the excuse was that, well, we're basically looking at the West Bank and all that's going on there. <clears throat> it's very reminiscent of what happened with 9-11 and how all of the checks and balances and the safeguards were basically bypassed. And you had the Twin Towers coming down and then we had the war on terror, which basically is still, they, they declared the war on terror. It's not a war on a country. Right, it's a war on terror, and it's still going on. This the war on terrorism, and and at first it was a terrorist outside the country, but then after a few years of not after 9/11, it was the terrorists who were in the country, and it was basically the 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 right, you know, who are the terrorists now, and um, uh, so so this is very reminiscent of all of that, and it, to me, there's too many red flags to just say that it's just all happenstance. So I guess the thing is, you know, um, you have that and then you have all these other things that are coming on that you can't really trust your senses anymore, you know, because uh, and the information that's coming towards you. And so, like you said, with your grid introduction there is how do you discern? How do you figure out what's really going on? And um, for me, there's about seven things of how I go about it. And maybe you can, you know, add to that or you know, first of all, I ask God to be my guide and to help me not be deceived because in the Bible, Jesus warns in Matthew 24, it says, be not be deceived, right? And, yeah. and in Thessalonians, it says the same things in Revelation 18, those who were deceived. So a deception is the name of the game. And so um, we, we can't allow ourselves to get caught up in emotions and, uh, and the theater of the day of what's going on. So, so we have to have uh, guidance from God is to be able to navigate our way through. Uh, and the way that's done is that, you know, there's a still small voice the Bible talks about in the, in, in the you know, uh, in the back of your mind through your conscience and thine ear shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way you walk ye in it, right? So there's that. Then I compare new information to established information because I've been in this game for 40 years watching this whole development of the new world order and the global government. And, uh, you know, I've been checking things back and forth and whatnot. So it's so I, I compare the new information to the old and cross check. Um, I consider new information and other people's opinions and other perspectives and factor that in to see, you know, where does that all fit? And then I go and lay, overlay everything as into Bible prophecy as I understand it. And then I challenge my established biblical understanding of prophecy and even, you know, the basic concepts of, of my belief system. So everything is up for grabs. And that's why I call myself a truth seeker, because I'll, I'll just go where the truth is. And, um, and then seven, I always cross check everything in case I made a mistake. So 
it, that's where we're at right now. We're coming to a point when things are going to get, I think things are going to get exponentially more radical where you won't be able to trust your senses. You won't be able to trust what you see. You can't trust a photograph anymore uh, with AI <clears throat> and everything else. If a video pops up of me saying, you know, stuff, it might not be me. It might be something, it might be AI creating it. <clears throat> so, so we have to have guidance on that. And, and again, so everything basically has to be, you know, to step back and all these little incidents happen, but we have to step back and look at the big picture and see that what is in play right now is UN Agenda 2030 and the WEF goal. And, and everything is about that. <clears throat> and, and so this is leading towards a one world government. And uh, so uh, maybe we can go into a little bit of history real quick here and then bring us to our present day. Like, and this happened, you know, way back when with the League of Nations, you had the first world war and then the League of Nations got started to say, oh, look, you know, this is horrible what happened. We basically need to have everyone come together so that we can have, you know, one big happy family and we won't um, have these, you know, individual wars back and forth, which is, you know, a logical argument and everything else. But it never really took off. United Nations didn't kind of pick up with it and whatnot. And then World War II happened. <clears throat> and then the UN came on and it was established at that point after the war, you know, because, I mean, two world wars, I mean, everyone's fatigued and say, yeah, okay, of course. But but really this whole UN thing is basically the, uh, and, and the excuse is that we don't want to have world wars and, and we want peace and harmony. But really the end goal of the UN now is to have their own world government. And uh, if you start looking into it, you can see that, you know. And, and so part of that, you know, goes back to that we have the, you know, a lot of the, uh, the elites, they go into, um, you know, they, they have their own religion, basically, and they do their seances, and they communicate with spirits and everything else. And, and so this whole elaborate plan is, is hatched at that level, and is spread all throughout the world. And, and all these different kind of different factions all kind of fit into that. And, um, and, and one of the things is uh, you got Albert Pike, you know, uh, the Freemason. Uh, he wrote that <clears throat> this is back in the 1800s, that there would be three world wars. Now people, you know, say, well, this is debunked and everything else like that. But I, I've, I heard of this 30 years ago with Albert Pike. And the first two world wars happened basically, uh, you know, as he said, and the third world war would be in the Middle East involving Islam. And, um, and here we are. So, uh, did Albert Pike actually, you know, uh, see the future? And the, and the reason why he could see the future is because the dark forces that are planning it told him so, you know. Um, and, and so to tie in with that, I like to actually, there's a video. Oh, I don't know if I sent you that video. Maybe I did. I think it's called 2025. Yes, I did send you that video. It's a one-minute video. And this is kind of like showing the timeline convergence of things and it's very fascinating actually so let's go ahead and watch that one minute video okay of 2025 we'll bring that let up. me quote the occult world directly alice a bailey 2025 hierarchy will manifest itself it comes from a book the externalization of the hierarchy but we must explain who the hierarchy is mm -hmm. The hierarchy are those spiritual master Masters. entities that run the world from behind the scenes. 
She writes, During the years intervening between now and then, very great changes will be seen taking place. When was this written? 1957. 1957. In 2025, the date in all probability will be set for the first stage of the externalization of the hierarchy, Don't where they will present themselves to humanity. Right, so, so give us background uh, for people that might not be aware of Alice A. Bailey and all of that. Okay, so Alice A. Bailey uh, was kind of like the UN priestess, I guess you would, you know, unofficially or maybe officially too, I don't know. And, uh, um, and she actually had learned her craft from uh, Madame Blavatsky and the Theosophy Society and whatnot. And, and very occult, dark, uh, you know, things involved there. And actually, uh, Adolf Hitler himself had learned from uh, from Alice A. Bailey and and these things. So, uh, so this is not she's not a Christian woman at all, and uh, she is a woman who is you know tied into you know having uh, communication with spirits and and uh, these types of things. And so she was given the vision or you know that by 2025 you're going to have this externalization of the hierarchy. And as Walter Martin uh, uh, said there, is that what is the hierarchy? And, and from everything that I've learned over the years, the hierarchy are spiritual entities that communicate with the power brokers of the world and give them their marching orders. And that's why you have this very sophisticated, coordinated, really attack on humanity um, going on right now. And, and so... The, the point of that video is that what is going to be the externalization of the hierarchy? And uh, from everything I've learned is that, you're, you know, like when Jesus talks about it in Matthew 24, he says, let no man deceive you for many will come in my name and there'll be false Christ. And, you know, and if you see him walking, if you see him in the desert, don't go out to go and see them. It's all about deception. So I see there's coming a point in time here and it could be 2025 or just maybe after, who knows? where you might have Lucifer impersonate uh, Christ on the earth. And, 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 and this is where this war with Israel and Ukraine war and all these different problems that are coming up with climate change and everything is going to get ramped up to uh, a blistering speed where people are just going to be clamoring for a solution, this problem reaction solution. So the problem is all the stuff you have Lucifer coming as a, as a Jesus, you know, on the earth, and then solving the problems and everyone's, you know, going to say, okay, this is our going to be a thousand year peace, you know, like Hitler was talking about. And um, so anyhow, it's something to keep in mind. And, but the thing is, you know, like all of the things that are going on, like, uh, you know, we're talking about the CBC, CBDC rollout with digital currency. Um, uh, you got migrants, you know, coming into like, you know, invading forces into different countries and, and you also have uh, recently, you've got Laudate Diem. This is the Pope encyclical. He just released it just this last week. And it's actually a part two of Laudato Si. He wrote it in 2015, Laudato Si. And it's his encyclical on the environment and how we have to make radical change in order to be able to save the environment. And actually, um, 
that I have a video just posted on my YouTube channel under my name talking about that. So you can go and look at that. And even that video that we just saw, it was a video I put together, uh, my edit on it. And that was a one hour video. And I grabbed that little sequence there to share with people. And so there's a short videos that people can watch. But Ladato Deum, basically, uh, he's talking about having a world authority with real teeth, you know. And all of this all ties into UN Agenda 2030 and everything else like that. And so you have all of this stuff coming in. And, um, you know, it's going to be, you know, uh, a situation where uh, people are going to be so desperate for, for help that they're, they're going to be very inclined to just go along with what's going to happen. And, uh, and that's what I'm trying to warn people. I see what you're people. saying, Ron. Yeah, you're, you're basically saying, I mean, it's all leading up to it. And maybe we don't know, like, what factions are playing or, or who's complicit. Um, that you know the degree to which this is all planned by the elites to unhinge the Middle East to to cause the UN Agenda 2030. I mean, okay. I, I think um, to varying degrees people are involved, and there seems to be confusion about what's happening. But yes. I personally, I personally believe that, like somebody was writing me today, and they said. Uh, they sent a little meme that's going around. Don't take any sides, right? And it's kind of like, Ron, I liken it to being in an abusive relationship, uh, you know, in a marriage. Sooner or later, okay. the counselor has to has to lay some responsibility on somebody. <laughs> sure, and okay. and yeah. when you have a an abusive spouse, that could be male or female, and it goes both ways. But somebody, somebody that's physically abusive, somebody that's verbally abusive, and I would say in those situations might cause reactions from the other side that, that are also the same uh, because yes. the anger, the rage and all of that. But uh, sooner or later, you kind of, you go, listen, person, uh, you're, you're instigating an awful lot of hate, abuse and control. And you do not have any goodness towards this. And, and in fact, you know, the, the whole faulty marriage is, is uh, under fire okay. because of what one person continues to do. And okay. so I think that sometimes you have to lay blame somewhere. But when you do fully understand the history of Israel, when you go back to the Bible, when, when you go back to passage, passages in the Bible where Jerusalem, that, that was the Jews, that was the people of God, the, the land yes. was theirs. So you can understand that from ver the most ancient writings of all time are showing, uh, you know, parts of Israel to be belonging to the Jews. And sure. So it to me, it's only fair that they should have, they should be a nation. They should have the right to, um, you know, to to live peacefully in a nation that is theirs. And yes, there have been reactions and counter reactions and and terrible atrocities that have been done by everyone. So let's just stop there. But I think one thing I can't get past, and whether it's elite elites or Agenda Twenty Thirty or not, but there are people in the world that simply will not acknowledge that the Jews have every right to be and have their homeland. 
and just to live peacefully as Israel. And people just hate them. Okay, yeah. No, I appreciate that. I mean, that kind of leads into where I'm going with this whole thing. And I'm going to share a contrarian view on this whole issue of Israel, okay? And, and how it ties into this whole end-time deception of what we're going to be facing. And so keep an open mind and, uh, you know, and, and just factor it in as you see things developing in the future. So let's, let's look at Israel, okay? So you got uh, many Christians believe that Israel is a fulfillment of prophecy, you know, Ezekiel 27, 28, as an example, talking about, you know, the regathering of them and, and whatnot into their homeland. Uh, but they do not factor in Revelation 20 and, uh, you know, that whole scenario, which you can just go ahead and do your own research on that. But, but, but Israel, um, <clears throat> it, was, it was Palestine. And, 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 and after 70 AD, when uh, Jerusalem was sacked, which is actually part of the 490 prophecy year prophecy, which we can get into too here. Uh, th their probation was basically ended. Um, okay. And, and so they were scattered all amongst the people. And then how did Israel become a nation? It started with the Rothschilds, you know, the, the banking dynasty. And by the way, the Rothschilds are the guardians of the Vatican trust. It's one of their roles, but but they went ahead and, and they started in the early 19th century there and they were actually creating kibbutzes and they were muscling their way around in Palestine there. And and then you had uh, Churchill, he backed that whole thing of having, uh, you know, a Jewish nation there. And then are you, you against Israel being a Jewish nation, though? Let me just ask you this, because I just don't okay. know where to go with that, because 1948 oh. in, in the way I've learned was the fulfillment of biblical yeah. prophecy that that don't why don't they have a right to be a nation uh, well i'm not talking about that necessarily all i'm trying to show is just basically how it became a nation and and who was behind and it where would we the, learn about such things that you're talking about the rothschilds i ju i'm just one blonde girl so help no, me no, out no, Ron. yeah well well i guess you can just you know, look at, I think just even in Wikipedia, you might find some of that information. Well, you know? well that's a problem uh, with I, Wikipedia but, too. <laughs> you know, know right? No, but you can, uh, you can do a search around, you can find information on this. I mean, this is stuff I've learned over the last 35 years, right? But, um, but then you had, you had basically what was going on in Germany there. And uh, there, was, there was Jews who were seeing the oppression that was being built up upon the Jewish people there. And they were trying to get out of, uh, you know, yes. uh, out of Germany. And they saved and themselves they, by leaving. Yeah, they did. But I mean, uh, the borders of Canada and the U.S. and a lot of other countries are very closed to this whole thing. And really what was happening is they were forcing the Jews to go back it, towards this, uh, you know, where Israel is now. And um, so you have all of that going on. And then finally, uh, at the end of it all, you had the United Nations being created and the United Nations, you know, was started with the Rockefellers. And so all of these globalists have created the United Nations, all of the globalists, or not all of them, but I mean, there's globalists involved in the creation of a uh, of an Israeli state. And uh, so th that was created by them. Now you could say, oh, it's a miracle of God and everything else like that, and going and, and quoting Ezekiel 27, 28. Okay, you can do that, that's fine. But but um, but you also have to factor in, 
because uh, Ezekiel 20, 27, 28 and these Zechariah's and, and these different places, people quote to do that. But they also, it comes to the 70th week of the Daniel. There's a uh, prophecy in Daniel chapter 9. And basically, I'll read it here. It says, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. This is talking about the Jewish people and upon the holy city, okay, Jerusalem, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins, their sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy. So this here in Daniel 9, 24 to 27 is a 70 week prophecy and a day is a year in biblical prophecy. So 490 years from uh, from the command to uh, rebuild Jerusalem at that time, because they were captive. So um, so that happened and and, um, what was going on at the time was um, you had uh, in the Dark Ages or whatever, you had the Reformation happening. And then there was two Jesuits who come up dealing uh, with the issues that were going on. Because what was happening is the Protestants were showing that uh, the papacy was basically the little horn power. Uh, in Daniel 7 and 8, and it was also the composite beast in, in Revelation 13 that had the deadly wound and was healed. And, uh, and so to, to, to get the pressure off, uh, you had uh, Francisco Ribera. Uh, he was a Jesuit, and he created Futurism in 1590. And so what he did with that prophecy is he, he took the last week of that prophecy and he went and put it into the future. And um, and and by doing that, it um, it took the heat off of them because uh, I'm trying to think of it here. Well, I just want to say so, that with with regard to some of the things you're saying, I mean, there's a there's uh, you know the the thing about I was just saying this to my son actually today, talking about world events, but that how. There's been so much deception and misinformation that now we don't know who to trust. So we just say, I don't believe anything in the news. So somebody says such and such in the news and you don't believe it. It could be totally true. We just have no idea who to believe. But I will say this, that, and I do have a share have there, talk, JT. Yeah, That's where you have to talk to God and, 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 and have God as your guide. I agree. But so look at this, though. Yeah. When I became a Christian, one of the things I asked for was you know, like Solomon had asked for wisdom to run the country. I asked for wisdom to be able to see the end time deception so I won't be deceived and so I can understand it, right? Yes. And and, yes. and so, but but basically we're promised, you know, as Christians in, in uh, John 14 and 16 that the Holy Spirit will be your guide and lead you into all truth, right? And so whenever I would watch a program like this or read my Bible or anything, I'd always, you know, like just say, oh, Lord, you know, like, uh, can you show me the truth of the matter, right? So I know what I'm saying is contrarian to, but I'll, I'll develop my case here and I'll show you why. But um, but anyhow, so you well, have let this me just Let me just throw something in it because I don't know how much time we have to to okay. develop your case, but I, I do want to hear you, Ron. But as a as okay. a because you're, you also ascribe to the Bible and to Jesus Christ. Um, in speaking yeah. of Israel's enemies, um, so, so here's a part. So I'm reading this. This was written by a, a great guy, Greg Laurie. Many of you know him. The Jesus uh, movie that came out was actually Greg Laurie's story. But he's a, he's a prominent okay. um, theologian in our day. And um, 
He's writing here, God said that in the last days, Jerusalem would play a key role. I will make Jerusalem like an intoxicating drink that makes the nearby nations stagger when they send their armies to besiege Jerusalem and Judah. On that day, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock. All the nations will gather against it to try to move it, but they will hurt themselves. That's in Zechariah. Scripture also foretold in Ezekiel 37 that the Jews would be regathered to their land. And this prophecy was fulfilled when Israel became a nation on May 14th, 1948. After Ezekiel 37 comes Ezekiel 38, which speaks of an attack against Israel by a large nation to the north of the Jewish homeland, accompanied by a number of allies invading Israel from every direction. Um, if yeah. that doesn't sound like what's going on today, I don't know what no, does. I know, and I get it. But scripture emphasizes so multiple times that this will happen in the last day, days, and this yeah. is still in the future. And he wrote this in 2012. Okay, so I know. And, carry and, on. And, and, and no, I get it. But I mean, there's a big leap from Ezekiel 37 to saying that this is a fulfillment of prophecy because there's things to consider in all of this. You have Revelation chapter 20, after the thousand years, you have this same war talked about against Jerusalem. The other thing too, is that when you have like prophecies, like a lot of times there's dual prophecies, like there's an immediate prophecy of what's gonna happen at the time. And then it, when it gets applied to the future, like Matthew 24 is a perfect example of that, is there's, there's more of a spiritual application. So I would contend, and it's hard to go into all the details of it out, but I'll just give the overview of it, is that the, the, the Jerusalem that's being talked about now is basically God's city. It's, it's uh, the, the true Christians. And, and in Romans chapter 2, it says that there's, um, you know, he's a Jew, which is one inwardly and not one outwardly. So, if it's, so everyone is looking at this prophecy now is being literal Israel, literal Jews, and the literal thing happening in front of our face, when really what's happening is the Jews of, of the world today are the ones who are the Jews inwardly, who actually follow God, who are the true followers. Of, so so the Jews are, are not, not literal Jews by the flesh, but they are the ones who are, you know, so you got Romans chapter 2, you got Romans 9 and 11 that talk about this kind of stuff. And, and so... Um, just to go and, and take a flying leap into uh, that is actual fulfillment of prophecy, you have to overlook quite a few things. And, and this whole thing with this uh, prophecy of the 70 weeks, what happened there, I can just kind of read it here, like in the midst of the week. So what happened is the Jesuits, what they did is they took that lot, never in the Bible of, is there a time prophecy where it gets split up and then throwing 2,000 years into the future or anything. That's not biblical inter- proper interpretation at all. And so that prophecy was a linear prophecy. And, and basically it says here, uh, this is um, uh, verse 27 of Daniel 9, in the midst of the week, he shall cause a sacrifice and oblation to cease. And, and basically um, they take that to mean that there's going to be the Jewish is going uh, temple going to be built? They're going to, have to start sacrifices again, and then the antichrist comes in at this point in time. He's going to stop the oblations to cease. When all of that is complete nonsense, because there's no point of any of that to happen, because Jesus was a sacrifice. There's no point of another temple or anything like that. And really, what this is talking about here, if you actually take the time prophecy as a linear thing, 
this is actually the crucifixion of Christ. So what, what the Jesuit did was he actually took Christ right out of the prophecy. And then uh, the stoning of Stephen, that happened three and a half years later, basically. And that was the close probation for Israel as a nation. And then that got consummated or, or you know, confirmed in 70 AD when they went and Jesus talked about the destruction of the temple in Matthew 24. You know, and and so the probation of Israel as a nation, this is the whole point, is was completed in, uh, you know, uh, the stoning of Stephen and by 70 AD, it was all done. So there is no legitimate biblical, uh, you know, f- case for having a, a, a legitimate Jerusalem and everything else. To me, this is all a con and and. And, uh, and this was actually promoted by various different, uh, the, well, these Jesuits were doing it, Francisco Ribera, who is a futurist in 1590. But then it got into the theological schools, like Dallas Theolo- Theolo- Theological Seminary is a key place where these concepts were taught. And this is where Hal Lindsey came from, and Hal Lindsey promoted all this. Chuck Swindoll, David Jeremiah of Turning Point, Vernon McKee of the Bible Radio Network, you know, uh, Tim LaHaye, uh, you got Chuck Smith, uh, Jack Van Impey, John Hagee, TBN, Tyndale Publishing House, all of these uh, entities were all pushing this. Mm-hmm. And, and it came from the source, came from the Jesuit. And then you have on top of that, um, you had... I'm um, not sure everyone understands the whole Jesuit thing. Um, some people do. Okay, well, yeah, I know a little bit about well, it, but... I can yeah. just tell you in a minute here. So okay. in, in 1540, Ignatius Loyola, he went into a cave for 30 days and he did spiritual exercises. And the reason why he went into a cave was to, to sensory deprivation. And so he just meditated. And then what happened at that point in time, he got imbued with uh, powerful spiritual forces of the dark side. And, um, and that's his Ignatius Leola's spiritual exercises. And they became a, a, a group working with the papacy in order to thwart the Reformation. And so basically the, the Jesuits, they were kicked out of almost every country in Europe because they were always usurping governments and wherever they were, there was trouble and everything else like that. And they basically, from everything that I've studied, is they, they're basically running the world there could be people higher up than that, but that's, you know, and the Bible confirms it basically, uh, you know, with the papacy. But but, but then you had Scottish uh, Presbyterian minister Edward Irving and James Darby in the 1830s promoting this pre-tribulation secret rapture that's that everyone believes in, right? And myself, when I study the Bible, I only see one rapture, and that's at the second coming of Christ, and it's not secret. But, but, uh, and actually, Edward Irving, he was actually influenced by a Jesuit, Manuel de Lacaris. And, um, and so the Jesuits, what they've done is they've actually infiltrated and usurped governments, and they are the driving force of, of what's going on today. That uh, I think a lot all- of people believe that. I think a lot of people believe that. But I think, I'm, uh, I, think I struggle with your perspective uh, in that you are not accepting that Israel is a nation or you don't seem to be aligning uh, no, with nation. the fact that they no, have a, a right to and that, and that, no, that no, happened not, in 1948. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. I'm just telling people that, biblically speaking, there is no case that I can see 
for uh, Israel being a nation. It's not a fulfillment of prophecy. I see it all being put together as a key element to be able to deceive Christians at the end of time when you're going to have all of these things come together. Now, we're talking UN Agenda 2030. They want to have it complete by 2030. And um, big radical changes are going to happen in the next three years, I so think. So I'll just read you from Greg Laurie some of the things that you've been saying again. Okay. Uh, but up to this point, uh, so he, he basically he talks about Ezekiel 38 and 39. I would encourage my audience to get your book out for yourself because we better start trying to figure this out. You know, Ron and I well, believe in the yeah. same Jesus, uh, yet we uh, are having, uh, you know, we're all trying to sort it all out. So I, re I respect your position yeah. and I, I want to hear your words. But um, so the the book of Ezekiel in, in 38 and 39, um, you know, some, some very serious things are happening. Um, and I don't really want to go into... Yes. The thing you know, with 38 and 30 is that they are um, assuming because they see Israel as a nation that this is a fulfillment of prophecy. Yes. That yes, we do. Many of us do believe that. I'm not certain why you wouldn't. But in any case, up to this yeah. point, he says, do you have my share there, JT? Uh, up to this point, the United States has been a staunch ally of Israel's. And I believe that one of the reasons God has blessed our nation is because of our continued support for Israel. Yeah. But it would appear these days that we are backing away from her. Remember, he's writing this in 2012. This is interesting, guys. Yeah. And according to Bible yeah. prophecy, one day there will be no great ally behind Israel. There will be no great ally behind Israel. So we're still not there at all. She but, will stand alone yeah. when she is attacked by an enemy from the north and its allies. The Bible yeah. also predicts that a national revival will come to Israel when God will once again pour out his spirit upon that nation. But this will happen after the rapture of the church, he says. Romans eleven twenty five predicts some of the people of Israel have hard hearts. But this will last only until the full number of Gentiles comes to Christ. Okay. Yeah, no, I, and that, I know I understand the narrative. I, I yeah, it's for sure. I mean, that's what people are taught. It's not a narrative. And, that's scripture, and I do believe and well, hope. Well, the only for, thing that was scripture. The only thing scripture there was, uh, you know, was thirty-seven, thirty-eight. I mean, everything else he said was his conjecture on it. No, Romans eleven twenty-five. Some of the people of Israel have hard hearts, but those will last only until the full number of Gentile comes, comes to Christ. There is going yeah. to be a turning of Israel back to the Lord because they are his people. And that is why in Galatians, it talks about the blessing of Abraham, you know, but our time is yeah. done um, because I have my guest waiting in, in the background. Yeah. Um, I'll okay, give you, no, I'll give you the final. Yeah. I, I, I think we're not far off, but I'm not, I cannot no. <laughs> personally align with not seeing Israel as a nation and that that is yeah. God's will and purpose. Okay, well, I mean, the thing that you have to overlook, though, is you have to overlook the, the prophecy in Daniel 9 talking about the 490-year probation period of Israel and how it all ended. It, it ended with the destruction of Jerusalem. I mean, but anyhow, I mean, that's, People can consider that and just keep that in mind as well, they watch. You know what would be fun, Ron? You know what would be fun is we get you on and we get someone who's a real expert in uh, Israel history and biblical text. Sure. That would oh, be I mean, better because I am, I always say I'm well, just one blonde well, girl trying to sort through it all. But I, yeah. I do believe 
in Israel's right to be a nation, that they should be left alone, and that that their land, as I read, uh, the, the land that they occupy was given to them in biblical yeah. days. And so well, I just don't have a problem they, with that. Well, they have been created as a nation. It's a globalist who put it in there, and they basically created it to be a festering sore and, and to be uh, an end-time uh, trigger point in order to fulfill you know, what their whole uh, end time deception is going to be. It might be a bit beyond my means. I like to look at like facts. So what would be co super yeah, yeah. cool is in the next few days, just send me where the Rothschilds uh, formed the, the nation of Israel. And no matter, even if they did, I wouldn't really care because sometimes God uses the evil schemes no, no, of they, the they, devil they to fulfill it, his... His purpose. No, it was the UN. It was the UN that did that uh, with, you know, Britain. Britain was yes. involved in that and, and everything yep. else like and that. And it fulfilled prophecy. And and as well, the Israelis should have their own nation. I stand well, by it's that. A contrary, it's a contrarian view. And I know people are going to be backed up, you know, with their theology and everything else like that. And that's fine. Okay. But I'll, I'm just trying to point out that there is possibly another narrative going on here and we don't want to be deceived so we have to challenge our positions of where we're at i and, agree with um, you in that there's different there's aspects of this that are at play but yeah, on, yeah, on, the, sure. on the issue of the nation of israel i just i believe it's well, the I, word I know, you know? It's, it's like it's, it's hardened and <laughs> yeah and i yes. get it i totally get it you know yeah but, but i still okay, love you ron i yeah, love you dearly yeah. The, the point is, going forward now, um, we have to, you know, we have to really know what the Bible is saying. We have to do our own personal study. Study what, you know, do your own personal study. Don't study what someone else says necessarily. You can take their points and then study it out, sure. But, I mean, we have to have our own uh, communion with God, our own connection. We have to be able to hear the still small voice so that, when things come at us that are going to blindside us, that we can actually be able to navigate around it. And um, on this, on the on this final statement, I have full agreement with you. Yeah, yeah, full well, that's good. And that's and, a and good then, place to end. <laughs> well, one thing I like to share though is that, like with the Lahaina fire, uh, people were were living, and and then the next day, all of a sudden, everything's burned down. Their Bibles are gone, their computers are gone, and all they are just have their their clothes on their back. But I want to recommend actually something that people can get, and it's going to be a great safeguard. I think it's one of the best preps that you can actually do at this point in time. And it's a, it's a website called BibleMusic.com. And there you can actually get uh, the Scripture Songs 1 through 5 albums, which I recommend highly to get. You can get them as a download. If, not, if nothing else, you know, I at least grab number that. 3 or 4. And then what it is is that, it's uh, Bible passages that are extremely powerful, that are beautifully sung by a woman who sounds in between Karen Carpenter and or Joan Baez. Maybe not in between them, but of that quality of a voice. So it's where we oh, we're going to well play. Just I know you okay. sent it to us, and you love this because yeah. this is about the word. Yeah, it's very Let's have a little powerful. listen. Needs to be louder. No.
shall not need to buy. I love it, Ron. I love it. It's really beautiful, and it's a great recommendation. And, you so, know, so, we're not all sleeping that well with all that's going on. Maybe some beautiful no. music like this is the way to go. <laughs> well, it's more than beautiful music. What it is is that, like, that Bible passage is from Second Chronicles 20. And Jehoshaphat, they were facing an insurmountable battle where they were going to be completely wiped out. So what they did is they put everyone's focus that God is the one who's going to lead us out of this thing. And then he went and put the singers in front of the army when they went out to battle. I mean, that's insane. But the reason why they did that is to put the focus of the army and everyone else that God is the one who's going to deliver them out of this, uh, this trouble. And, and so that's what these songs will do. Uh, when we face the troubles that you, we, you don't know what a day is going to bring if we're going to be stripped of everything in a day. And then we can have these powerful songs in our head that will actually encourage us and to, you know, and, and not only that, but the children too, you know, can memorize, you know, these powerful Bible paths. It's easy. You just press play and it sticks in your head. Right. And so I highly Very recommend soothing. it. I like yeah. it. Very soothing. Okay. Thank you for that, Ron. So, God bless you. Well, yeah. well, I'm sure we'll let's live to fight another day. Okay. All right. Love you. Okay. All right. Thank Take you. Care. Thank you for being open to listen. Okay. Bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. You know what? We always get to have a little bit of fun. You, the one thing I promise all of you is that I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you what I think. I, I could be wrong. I could be right. Uh, but I will tell you the truth of what I think. I do not shrink back from my personal opinions, views, and the discernment that I believe that God has given me. And so um, I... I stand, I stand with Israel. I come down on the side of the people who, um, you know, they are a democratic uh, people. They serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Israel has fallen. They are very secular. In fact, that event that they were having where they were attacked, it was a, it was a secular event. It wasn't as if it was like a holy, holy day. It was a lot of young people going to, you know, similar something to a, you know, to a uh, secular rave or something like that. Um, I do wish that there would be a return to the God of their fathers. And we need that in Canada. We need that in Israel. So the other thing that I'm real honest with you about is my love for Costa Rica. And uh, recently had a little opportunity to go and see one of my dear friends down there. And his name is Mark Savoya. I absolutely loved my time with Mark Savoya. I'm going to send a picture, actually, JT, if I can, of you of me and him in, in his vehicle, and maybe we can get it up before the end of the day. Uh, Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for waiting in the wings there. Very different topic um, <laughs> than what we just covered. But, you know, peace peace in the world. Let's talk about Costa Rica. It's exactly. peaceful there today, right? It is. Every day, Laura, is fantastic. <laughs> I'm not going to complain. Um, with everything happening now, yeah. More people are reaching out. Like, I don't know if you know, the chief of the Toronto police just announced that starting Friday the 13th, out of all days, he's going to start with more police presence. He goes, it's not going to go anywhere in the future. It's here to stay. They're going to start doing checkpoints and all that. And I was trying to warn people prior to this, you know, between Thanksgiving and Halloween, they're going to keep trying to break down people. They're going to keep trying to stress them out. And when you get here to Costa Rica, well, you know, you're just here. Everything's normal. Everything's back to the way it should be, right? Enjoying yourself. Enjoying what's a peaceful land. It's a peaceful land. It is. 
And I, I did appreciate the few days. Uh, we came for a very short period because my husband and I just snuck away because it, it does get stressful doing what we do. And we thank yeah. God that we were able to get down there and have just a few days with you. And, and you were so kind. You booted us around in your, what do you call that vehicle that you have? <laughs> What is that? That is a Polaris Razor side-by-side. I'm trying to put this up on, uh, yeah, I'm going to try to get this. I should have had this ready when I knew that you were coming on. Well, it's funny because when you guys first got here, because of the heat, you're not climatized to the heat yet. You're like, okay, let's go out in the truck. And then, yeah, uh, we wanted the air conditioning. Yeah. Exactly. Then I'm like, let's just go have some fun. And then we went to yeah. look at your parcel of land and we got to look around. It's just it's you have to have fun. It's not always about being serious and having all the stress and the tremendousness behind that stress. It's about going out there and enjoying life and just seeing oh, what is given to us. Yes. Right. That's what we love about it. Right. So it was awesome to have you here and to finally get to go out with you and to go to get to go out with uh, your clients and your yeah. dear friends and we really brought our dear friends down there and you showed them around a little because they're also we feeling, did. you know, like uh, maybe they want to change um, in life because they're concerned about Canada and they're concerned. And then when we get down there, there's all these Canadians and all these Americans. And, you know, Mark, there's... I know you're not a totally spiritual, spiritual guy. You know, you wear it close to your chest. But everywhere we went, people would say to us, um, God told us to come here. God told us to come here. And this country of Costa Rica, it's a very high 80% or so of people that are Catholic or Christian-based people. It's a very, very high percentage of people of faith. And there just seems to be, like, I just feel like God smiled when he made Costa Rica. And so that's, you know, why I love your, your land. But tell me what's going on there. I know that the president has been making, like, strong stands against the United Nations at this time. He has. So, you know, with um, all the Venezuelans that are coming through Costa Rica, they're coming through Costa Rica for a reason, because the U.S. said that they would bring him in if the husbands go to war and they'll take care of the wife and kids. The reason why they're doing that on November 23rd, the Costa Rican government wants to and is going to ban all vaccines in Costa Rica. So they are going to be illegal to have in Costa Rica. With the carbon footprint, the digital IDs, um, he banned it all. He said no to the to the uh, UN on, on any of any and everything to do with it, which is fantastic. And that's what's drawing more people in. Now, starting January 8th, we no longer need to have your documents uh, authenticated because what Canada's planning on doing is they're planning on getting rid of all Costa Rica embassies in Canada because they're trying to stop Canadians from moving to Costa Rica. So how are they doing it? Just like when people wow. had their reports done, a lot of people had their RCMP fingerprints done and their notary done. And what the RCM, uh, RCMP did is they would have one person stamp the documents and another officer sign it. The reason why they did that, thousands, not hundreds, thousands of records were uh, null and void in Costa Rica and weren't seen to be classified as legit. So they had to redo them again. And in Costa Rica, when you're redoing your uh, fingerprints, it's an additional $1,200 to send them from Costa Rica to Canada to have them notarized. And then you're spending like another five, 600 bucks to get them back to Costa Rica. 
So you times that by thousands and thousands of people, they're just finding ways to make money and they're trying to make it harder. And then the banks are making it harder for people to bring money into Costa Rica. I got clients who uh, I've got mortgages for here and CIBC, TD Bank, they're saying, well, with all the fraud going on and they've sent months of payments to Costa Rica, they said it is now in our best interest not to send the money anymore to Costa Rica and you have to find another way to pay your mortgage there. So they're trying everything they can to stop Canadians because we have no treaty. And when you have no treaty, Canada has no jurisdiction over you as a Canadian, right? So they're trying in their power, right? Wow. And for the ones, yeah. That's fast. So you're telling me something I didn't know, Mark. I'm really shocked by this. Now, doesn't our prime minister, he has a place or did he actually buy there? Do you know, or he Airbnbs there? I don't know. Yes, he's got a place in Santa Teresa. Um, the banks in Costa Rica have rejected his money. They don't want his presence in Costa Rica. He's trying hard, um, but they really don't want him here. Like they're pushing because they know what he stands for. And Costa Rica is very Catholic. It is very set back in the 80s. On Sundays, I'm sure you would have seen it. Everything shuts down except for the grocery store and one pharmacy. I know. I couldn't even buy a great? pair of shorts. <laughs> I want. I really needed exactly. something. I didn't come with enough stuff. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I literally packed way too few clothes. I'm doing this minimalist thing, and it totally, you yeah. know, yeah, backfired. It, it was, yeah, backfired <laughs> on me completely. And uh, so I want to exactly. get this pair of shorts. So you know, I went to church. I went to a wonderful church there in uh, yeah. in Costa Rica in Uvida. And I absolutely yeah. loved it, um, but I could not get a pair of shorts if my life depended on it. And so, um, yes, it is It is like it's kind of back to the slower way of life. And so are you seeing a lot of people come from the U.S. and Canada? And I don't know, is it any different parts of the world? What, what are you seeing? You're a realtor down there. Yeah, so I have a lot of people reaching out from Canada, U.S., but I have a lot of people reaching out to me from uh, Israel, uh, Trinidad. I've had a few people from like Hawaii, tons of people from Australia reaching out. Um, but mostly what it is, it's a, it's a lot of inquiries, right? Uh, Canadians. And, and what I try to tell people is, and I say this all the time, life is a gift. Right. And they're so used to having their regular routines and seeing their regular people that they think, well, there's nothing beyond what I know. I got to stay where I am. So, you know, they have a saying that if you put the frog in the pot and you turn the water on and you boil it slowly, the frog will tend to stay in there. But if you boil the water and then you dip the frog into the, the boiling pot, the frog is going to want to jump out and get out. So they're slowly cooking Canadians and Americans and keeping them where they are so that they can boil them to a point where they, they can't get out, they're done. Right? And that's people, are, people are saying this, and I, I don't like to be, you know, I'm just careful about putting out stuff to be fear-mongering, but several people I'll say to them, do you, like, do you actually think there's a, a time and a, a place where we won't be able to leave Canada freely? I have a U.S. passport. Me and my husband yeah. um, are blessed in that manner that we are dual citizens, but... People say to me, we think that's coming. And wow. I just say to the audience carefully, this isn't me. This is a few people I highly respect viewing the, the UN agenda, everything that's happening, the 
like you're saying about this increased surveillance and checkpoints and carefulness and security reasons that there might come a day as there did uh, when the Jews could no longer leave Germany. And exactly. that's, that's a concern. And I always say to people, if you're thinking and feeling inside, like maybe there's a change needed, I always love to present your country because it is a beautiful place and it's a place where, you know, it's still affordable if people can get down there. But I did, I did see from being down there that, you know, the prices are going up. They haven't hit, I don't think they're top, but, but definitely because of the influx, you're seeing a, a rise in land values and all of that. It, it is going up. And, and Laura, just to state it, like I was born and raised Canadian. So I'll always be a Canadian no matter right. what happens. But, you know, I sent you the video clip of the Toronto police actually talking about it and saying, guys, the police presence is going to get heavier and it's not disappearing in the, in the near future at any time. So he actually comes straight out and says it. And, and, then, and this is what they're doing. So it's not really fear mongering. It's just opening up your eyes. You know, you have to trust in your life and trust in God and just say, OK, I'm going to take it to the next level. Let's see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? Right? You get to a place like this, you fall in love with it. Nine out of 10 people that I talk to say this was the best move I've ever made. Some people can't adapt to the lifestyle. Um, they can't reinvent themselves or they don't want to. Right? So they, they head back. Right? But it, it's all what you make of it. And there is a massive influx. That's why we have the new airport. We got the new marina. We got the new golf course going in. When I was showing you where the golf course and all that is going, it's building up. So we haven't met the potential yet of what's to come. So when, you know, in Canada, uh, my brother-in-law is part uh, owner of Dominion Lending. And when you hear from the banks and all the mortgage brokers, because my whole uh, wife's family is all real estate agents, people are handing their keys back. They're saying, you know, we locked in at 1.92% interest rates and it's going up to 5% with a broker. We can't afford our bills anymore. What do we do? So like we have to hand our keys back. We're in Costa Rica here. The reason why I'll never get to the point of what that's happening there, there's a few reasons. Majority of people here buy cash out. So they don't have mortgages and stuff to worry about. Um, when you have the infrastructure of the countries that are back in Costa Rica, right? With those countries there, it has to make you wonder. And I've said this and I sound like a parrot from Costa Rica. But when you have Russia, Dubai, and China backing up Costa Rica, and then we have Colombia, there's a reason for it. They're not going to lose everything they have. They're going to protect all the wealth and all the diversity that they have. That's why we have no uh, army. We don't need to have an army in Costa Rica because Costa Rica is so heavily protected. It's like Canada buys all of Russia's old military that's like 10 years old and older, and they have all the new advanced stuff. So Canada doesn't really stand a chance, but what I feel bad for is all the family and friends I have back at home. And they look at me and they're like, well, we don't think it's gonna get that bad. You know, when I was messaging with a few of them today, they're like, the heavy police presence coming in is actually good because they could patrol and monitor and, and watch, you know, what's happening around the world. Because one thing is, I was listening to before talking with the gentleman, religion is such a controversy subject to talk about because we all have different feelings towards it, right? And COVID was one thing, 
Now that they know that, hey, the vaccine was 100% effective, 90%, 70 well, now it's 20% effective, right? Right. So now religion comes uh, into play if. and mm -hmm. everybody gets up in arms and thinks, oh my God, what's happening here? Sorry. And, and it's, like, it's a different story. It's a different controversy. So now they can actually enforce and move forward with their agenda by bringing in the police presence, by doing the checkpoints, because, hey, we're doing it for the greater good of men. We're doing it for the greater good of the different religions. So their agenda just switched and they're playing with it, right? And they know what they do it. And that's what I mean. Like when all the Jerusalems, all the, the Jewish people that got hit, they're the ones suffering from this. It's not us suffering. It's them suffering. It's those innocent families that are getting hurt, getting killed because they want to move forward with their agenda. So a lot of people come to Costa Rica and they're like, I don't want to know anything that's going on in the world because they don't publicize it here. All they publicize, like uh, um, uh, two weeks ago, a 104-year-old uh, Costa Rican lady went skydiving. Four days after she died, but it was her, her dying wish was to go oh, skydiving. Man. And oh, she skydived, wow. 104 years old. I'm like, I'm hoping I make it to 104. Right. Exactly. So. That's like the highlight when you look on Costa Rica, if you go onto sites, they talk about the highlight of that. Now, like anywhere else in the world, we do have petty theft in the area. So the difference between like Canada, Costa Rica, United States is in Canada and all that you rely on the police force. It's the same police force who goes out and beats on the civilians if they're peacefully protesting. In Costa Rica, the cops here work with vigilantes in the area because they want to rectify and take care of the issues in their area. So it's the guys that live here and work here, the locals, because us as expats can't do anything. They go and they collect up all the people that are doing harm and they actually get rid of them. They will bring them two hours north or two hours south and warn them, don't ever step foot back in this area. You're not belong. You don't belong here. Right. So they take the matters into their own hands, but they're doing it because I was talking to my woodworking guy today. He's like, Mark, because it's not right what people are doing. Because mm. you shouldn't have to worry about your surfboard getting taken or your car getting broken into if you're at the beach. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because we don't want that here. We want people to be invited here. So they're very warm, loving people. And you would have seen that everywhere we go. I wave to everybody. I feel like it was back in the day. It's like every, my hands are going up nonstop and they're going off the wheel and I'm driving all over the road and swerving, but it's normal because you're waving to everybody. I saw that. Everyone Never, knows you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And everyone and people are like Mark, my wife's always like, Mark, do you know that person? I'm like, no, but they wave to me, so I gotta wave back or else you're rude. Right? right. Or you go right. into town and you say hi to everybody. It's just normal and everyone stops. I went for breakfast this morning at Cebu and I went at 7 30 on purpose and so nobody would bother me. I left at one o'clock. <laughs> it was just person after person. My wife it and I went work. there for breakfast. <laughs> We went from breakfast all the yeah. way to dinner one day because the amount of people that were coming in. Right. People were like, do you have a moment? Can we talk? Can we just yeah. mingle? Can we figure things out? And a lot of people are looking for guidance. They want help. They want to be connected. They want to feel like they're back at home. And the nice thing about where we are and where you bought, and you got a fantastic property. I love your property. Yeah. Is I like it too. It feels, yeah, it feels like home. Mm -hmm. There's so many ex, there's so many expats, Americans and Canadians, but what I love about it is the utmost respect for the people around us because everybody treats everyone equal. It's not, I'm superior over you. It's nobody dressed up in nice suits and stuff like that. Everybody's tank tops and shorts and whipping around in side-by-sides and dirt bikes and then their trucks and they're just having fun. 
right? Like I got uh, Kaya from the Tragically Hit, Gord Downing's uh, widow wife. Yeah, She's one of my neighbors. She's actually my neighbor. Toby's met her, I believe. She's one of my neighbors. And she talks about the high vibrations. She talks about that she was drawn here, right? So when sometimes when we do meet the, the negative energy, the negative people, it's nice to have people that vibrate at a higher, higher level to take you out of that dark place and just bring you back to make you feel really good, which is Well, nice. I'll tell you what, which, you know, uh, God, God is a God of the ultimate high vibrations. I mean, the energy, God is light and he is powerful beauty. He is good. He's pure. And when you get into a place that, you know, how many, uh, how many, um, Rainbow crosswalks you got down there. What are those? <laughs> exactly. What <laughs> <laughs> you? Like, are you talking rainbows in the sky? Rays, but... There you go. There you go, everybody. I absolutely love it. Oh, it seems to have gone off to Elon Musk. There we go. Um, yeah. Well, I I just love the land. Um, you know, I like to keep on bringing you back, Mark, because I like to have, that looks more like Africa now, sweetie. I don't know what's going on there. You don't know either. Yeah, don't scare everyone. They're going to think, what? There's leopards or I don't know what that is. Is it Costa Rica? Is it? Is there it those? There is jaguars. There's leopards, Oh, okay. There's okay. There's in Costa Rica. Okay. <laughs> they are here. They are here. So it's not, but they're very, uh, there's bobcats, but. Yeah. They're more scared of you than you are of them. We had one walk through our uh, subdivision one day, like a nice. six-foot-one Beautiful. Lion. It just looks at you. It's not going to bother you. It's looking at us, the workers, and it just went on its way into the bush. Right. Like it, it doesn't. It wants nothing to do with you, right? Right. And it's and all good. in there where you are too, like you've got the monkeys and these these macaw birds exactly. and uh, just beautiful animals. It just. You know, in that few days that I was there, I just got a little bit of a rejuvenation once again, uh, you know, as to what life is about and just, you know, keeping keeping it real with, you know, that God's in control and he made beautiful places. And I, I said so many times when I was there, I just think that God smiled when he made Costa Rica because it's so, it's so pretty and so warm. I love that. And the ocean... The ocean is so spectacular with those beautiful waves, the surfers. It's a great place to surf. Um, and I also met, Mark, um, you know, some families there as well. They've got young, you know, to late teenagers and young people. Those were the families I met. And these kids are yep. saying to me, uh, they're, I think this one girl, I think she's about 21. And she was just saying, like, the last two years so since her... Yeah, since her family moved yeah. there, have been the happiest years of her life. Um, They're actually one of my neighbors in my subdivision. Right. Jen, Willie, Zoe, and Zach. And yeah. They're they're tremendously happy. Like they're they're abundance of joy. I was actually talking uh, with Jen this afternoon, and she was asking me. She's like, Mark, you don't go to church, and I'm like, Jen, I got to tell you the truth. She's like, what? I'm like, Jesus sacrificed himself for us. Okay. I go, Jesus sacrificed himself for us. But I go, Jesus is amongst us right now. And I actually opened up and I told her, and I can't believe I'm saying this on air, but I go, Jesus is with us as we speak right now. He's in the way we act. He's in our presence. I go, is there evil right now? There's a lot of evil right now. 
Will things shift and change? They will. When the day he sacrificed himself is the day that the evil came onto the earth. Right? And then we have the whole looking glass. That's what it is. So the evil is trying to purvey itself now and is trying to take over. So the ones that fall in and, you know, go for it, they're the ones that are getting exposed and people are seeing it. Are the innocent people getting hurt? 100%. Right? But he's already amongst us. He's in all of us. And I was telling her that. I go, so do I believe in it? 100%. When you're helping people, if you're good to people, it comes back to you tenfold. not just in what we do and where we live, but it comes back because you're building a family, you're building a bond, you're building a trust. So when I go Mark, to bed every night, when I go, when I go to bed, Laura, every night with my wife, I've been married 18 years. I always tell her, even if I get into an argument and I know I'm wrong 90% of the time, every guy out there that's married knows that the husband's 90% of the time wrong. I always tell her I love her. <laughs> I, I don't know if my time here is done. So you have to. Yep. The sloths are cool. Did you know that sloths, when they have to go to the bathroom, they will climb the whole way down the tree? Go to the bathroom and then they will climb back up the tree and if you stand eye to eye with a sloth they'll actually turn wave at you and smile at you <laughs> wow it's, it's pretty cool <laughs> that is awesome cool. look at that like there's something peaceful so i think you know what i hope this segment does is uh inspires people that like we've been so traumatized with our Western world and the events and what our prime minister has done to us and what the, the president is doing to the United States of America that is there room in your life for an investment in peace? Is there room in your life for an investment in another place? And property is going up in Costa Rica while property in Canada and the U.S. is stagnant or going down. And uh, we, we were obedient to God when he told us to sell our property in Canada. That was in October 2021 or, or maybe just before. And he gave us a very specific word and we obeyed and it was really hard. And that was really tough for JT and I to sell our dream condo that we had, that we shot out of, that had the epic view. But we were obedient. And within months, the market crashed here. We would never get the, the money that we got for our condo at that time. We obeyed. And then we purchased in Costa Rica a nice piece of land. And we have nowhere to stay because we don't have a house. Uh, but, but our land has gone up. And, you know, we're, so we're able to just kind of be at peace in that. But most of all, we just love getting over there, staying at, you know, we stayed at Vista Baena for 80 bucks a night. Uh, we worked out a special deal. I gave them a little email and... And you came up and, you know, and uh, sat with us up there and, and really showed us a good time. I, I just want everyone to know that Mark actually has his phone number under his name because this dude is, is amazing. You know, he's there. If you want to talk about making some changes and if you want to have some inquiries into what that might look like and maybe, you know, what you could invest there if you'd like him to find some properties for you. I just highly recommend Mark because he's a real dude. Now, having said that, Mark, my, my biggest goal in life is uh, at this moment, after hearing that Jen was putting you on the spot about church, I, I just want to say, if you haven't been there, I was at that church. It's pretty cool. It's not long. 
It had a really great yeah. word from that pastor, <laughs> and the music was so soothing. And the people, and they, you know, they were welcoming JT and I. And of course, Toby's telling everyone who I am anyway. So, you know, a lot of them watching my videos, which is funny. I love it. Yeah. I love it. But I'm just going to say, you know, hey, maybe one, like maybe for, for Christmas. Pop in. Pop in. Say hi. I'll pop in. I will. But the beauty of it is that what you saw there in church. Yeah. That just doesn't stop in church. That no, same energy right. goes throughout everywhere. Beautiful people. Beautiful right. people. Exactly. Beautiful people. And God God seems to be calling people to different places. It's not just Costa Rica. I've, I've seen uh, some of my friends and stuff writing me about Mexico. Now, I'm not going anywhere, Mark, because I have family here and I can't go. And so anyone who's going to say, Laura Lynn, she's a big sellout. You're leaving our country. You're the, you know, freedom fighter and you're gone. I'm not gone. I'm actually here. And I'm going to be here for a very long time. I've got grandkids. I've is, got kids. But I get to run over there and see you, which I like. But the good thing is it doesn't hurt to have a plan being in place just in case with this, like I said, what the Toronto chief uh, said, if they implement more you do have a plan to say, okay, you know what? I love Canada. It's not what it used to be. Now it's time for plan B. Let's move on. Because at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, we're human. We can only take so much stress. The biggest factor that kills most people is stress. And and stress brings on the different diseases. So if you keep a state or a country or a colony in so much stress 24-7, they have no choice but to break down. If you surround yourself with people that love you and they're not patrolling you, you have nothing but to resonate at a higher vibration. In um, Detroit, they're bringing in drones that can actually measure your body temperature, see if you sneeze. They're using them, they've actually passed. New York City actually has robot police out. I heard that. Military, yeah, it's actually out, it's out there. So people think, and these, these robots can actually see through the walls. So they don't even have to ask a neighbor to ask if they decide that, hey, we want to patrol the area. They're going to go around and they can see everything that it is that you're doing anyways. But the nice thing about Costa Rica, and I'll give you an example. I went today to go get my driver's license. This is my fourth attempt. Okay. The first time I went, the lady's like, you forgot your passport. I'm like, (laughs) okay, I'm going to be back. Two months later, it goes by. I go back. She's Okay. You forgot the four of this one form. I'm like, I'll fill it out. She's like, no, you have to get it and come back. So I made a third appointment. My uh, physical exam, which is just to make sure I have a beat, heartbeat and all that, it expired by two days. She's like, nope. So I went today. I was excited. I go, I have my passport in hand. I got my DMX. I got my driver's license. I got my physical. I go there. She looks in the system. She goes, what license are you here for? I'm like, my motorcycle, my truck, and my car license. You're not in the system. I'm like, that's impossible. I go, you helped me book my last appointment. So this is why I mean by the left vessel, the right spirit. So I had to get my lawyer on phone, Joanna. She gets right. on phone with them. And she's like, oh, your original transcript expired by two months. I'm like, excuse me, my transcript? Yeah, your original documents that we had to have them notarized for you to switch your license over from an Ontarian to a Costa Rican. I'm like, you got to be kidding me? So I left. And this is why I love Kaya and I love the friends that surround me. I was fuming. I'm in the car and I'm like, that's it. I go, they have no clue what they're doing in Costa Rica. <laughs> and Kaya's like, Mark. So I call Kaya up and Kaya's like, uh, Mark, do you understand? That's a good thing. 
She goes, the confusion with the left hand of the government not knowing what the right hand's doing. And the Costa Ricans, you can't get mad at them. You cannot yell at them. You can't do anything. You have to be upset with a smile on your face. And you have to talk very quiet. So I didn't even talk this loud to them or this fast. She goes, this is a great thing because when the government itself doesn't know what it's doing, she goes, there's no harm coming our way. It's like they extended your passes. You're allowed in Costa Rica for 180 days. So you think, great. Instead of 90 days and your driver's license is 90 days, now you're 180 days in Costa Rica. But wait, your driver's license is only good for 90 days. <laughs> so what does the 80 day, 180 day pass do? You still have to leave if you're not a resident or anything and go renew your passport so you can drive in Costa Rica. So I'm like, they haven't caught up. So the one guy in the office says, hey, great, we'll extend everybody for 180 days. The guy who does the paperwork for the driver's license, if he goes on vacation, there's no one to fill his place. Everything stops until he gets back from vacation. And then they'll eventually catch up with the 180 days. So that's the way the country works here. So it's great in that manner. Because, and as you know, your property, what's your address, Laura? I don't know. What's your exact address here, I know. It's, People say, how do you get there? I'm like, well, you go up a dirt hill. Turn at the Blue Rock. Turn at the Blue Rock. Yeah, that's right. You know, <laughs> it's like really... Yeah, so you're going northbound before you're south of Dominicalito, where the Blue Sailor Rock is. You make it right uh, don't there. Don't tell, don't you tell. Drive. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not going to know. You drive up, and then it's somewhere in the vicinity of there. But that's what people always ask me. They're like, I have friends that moved down here, Greg, and they bought yeah. a house in my subdivision. Yeah. And they're in my rental right, right now. And they're like, Mark, we're having furniture delivered. I'm like, okay. What's your address? I started laughing. I'm like, great. What do you mean? Because I, they're asking me in San Jose, because San Jose has street names. They're asking yeah. me for your address. I'm like, okay. I'm like, Uvita Medical Center, street before, 2,000 feet, <laughs> up the hill, <laughs> down the hill, on the right-hand side, the white and blue house with the landscaping. He's like, got it. <laughs> I'm like, so you don't get mail here. You don't yeah. get any of that stuff, right? And people There's say, well, something I'll, charming I'll about it, though, right? There's something I, I very, like... Like no one's tracing and tracking you. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of, they're they're just uh, not to that level of of what we're seeing our government is doing to us. And and it's you're right. You got to just kind of kick back and go. Everything might take a bit longer to get done, but you know, hey, we can just sit and watch the frogs. You know, and you don't want to go near the frogs. Okay. What I understand, but. Uh, nope. But you can just enjoy enjoy life for what it is. And that's what I appreciate about you sharing all of this, uh, Mark. And um, if people want to get a hold of you, you literally encourage it. Now, WhatsApp's a good way, right? You get on WhatsApp. And WhatsApp you... is the best way. It's okay. actually my phone number. It's a Canadian yeah. number. That is my WhatsApp. Okay. I will help you from start to finish. It doesn't matter what you need. Even if you just want to talk and just, you know, make a wish list and see what it is and maybe it might come true for you mm -hmm. give me a ring i'm you, as you can tell i do love to talk i talk a lot you are um, you are so, so awesome mark you're such a unique person <laughs> and my husband and i we had the chance you know to go out with you and your wife and our friends were chatting with you and we could see every time we looked down at the other end of the table you know you were just uh you know talking and and we just appreciate your heart. I want to say that from the bottom of my heart, that you. you have a very kind spirit and it's Thank unique. You. And I really stand by the
the fact that you tell the truth, that you're willing to really help people and just, you know, answer questions honestly. And I know that you, you also say, hey, you might get down here and go, no, this is just really not for me. This is not my life. And that's okay. But you could make a trip down there, stay at Vista Bellina or someplace that you might recommend and yeah. kind of, you know, see some, see some of life down there. And you can also talk to them. One thing that JT and I say is don't have money in the bank. Either invest in silver, gold, or property that is valuing up. And somehow that's what we did. I don't even know that I knew that. I didn't, when I bought the, JT and I saw the property in Costa Rica. And I think what we said is, wow, I can't even get a piece of property in Abbotsford that's not overlooking (laughs) someone shooting up you know in a back alley for this amount yeah and I got to buy this piece of property and I went I just want it because God made this and look how beautiful it is you know you can see the ocean in the distance and I thought like that's too beautiful for words and I thought I'd invest and then it is you know it is valuing up and that's great I'm not selling so it doesn't you know it doesn't actually put any money in my pocket at this moment but it does feel good to have that kind of thing going on. And and Costa Rica is that place that you could invest in and you will see a return on your funds. And I can't say that's happening in Canada at all, at all. Now, so, hopefully hopefully next time when you guys come down, yeah, maybe this time JT will hop in the side-by-side. Yeah. And you can have, have some fun cat. with me. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing over on the side here. That's but the cool thing cat. is you see like, you can drive down the streets here at home. If you do 10 over, 15 over, you're in trouble yeah. here. You just fly. You just right. have fun. It's about having fun, right? Yes. That's all it's about, right? It's about enjoying. It really is about enjoying. And, you know, I'm looking and looking for that picture of me and you on the side by side. And I have this feeling that, oh, you know, maybe my friends sent it to me. That could be what it is. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. I'm going to. I'll find it. I'll have it ready for the next time because we'll have you on again, as we always do. Uh, You're such a blessing. But I love that side by side. I was I was so worried. Like, okay, everyone, just so you know, it it has a roof. It (laughs) it has doors, but it's not enclosed. So it just has, you know, you have a window shield that can kind of go up and down depending on the rain. We were out there in the rain. um, And then we would go over super bumpy. And I was like bracing like for bumps. And then your machine went over it like it was, uh, what do you call those like things butter. that glide on the water? Oh, like butter. Like it like just, a hovercraft. Yeah, like a hovercraft. Your, your, your vehicle is exactly like a hovercraft. And I was like bracing and then there was nothing and it was smooth. I started going, wow, this is like, this is life. And I loved it. I'm like, JT, we have to find a way to get one. So I don't know. You will. Yeah. You will. That's yeah. what, uh, and what's nice about it is the area that we're in now that we are with. Now, if you have a side-by-side like that in different parts of Costa Rica, you do become a target because they are extremely expensive. But when you have them in the area that we're in, where you're in, it's the norm. A lot of people have them. So it's everybody's yeah. running around having fun, right? Yeah. But it's the type of – and at home, you can't drive those on the street. They're illegal. In Costa oh. Rica, it's an actual, legit, legal car. I've got license plates, insurance on it. <gasps> Didn't even know I even that. have the police lights on it. <laughs> I have cop oh, really? lights on mine. Oh, do you? I do. And I, I, have, I have fun with it. Yeah, they don't say nothing because I have. I hold the utmost respect for the police force here. I know. I, I love them. Friends. 
Mark, yeah. they wave at you. Like you, you say, you know, yeah. uh, I was going to say aloha. Sorry. What is it you say out there? <laughs> Not Pura aloha. Pura yeah, Pura Vida. Hola. You know, hola. 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 You yeah. know, and they smile and they're kind and they're nice. And, you know, these, these police officers are just, uh, yeah, just gems keeping the peace. But, you know, it's... Oh, it's wonderful. I don't know how to explain just the different feeling there. They don't, uh, they don't make a lot. So when I'm out and about, if I'm in the BM, I see them buying something because a lot of times they'll go in and they'll buy like a two big liter of Pepsi and they'll buy croissants. Right. And you can tell that's like their meal for the night and Mm -hmm. I'll I'll grab it off them. And they look at me because, you know, I do have tattoos and everything. And they look at me weird. Like, what are you doing? That's mine. Go get your own. And then I'll grab a chicken. I'll grab potatoes that are cooked already. Yeah. And I go to the lady and I go, Mira, Mira, which is, uh, I'm asking for the lady. I'm like, uh, I'll pay for this for them. Mm-hmm. So you pay for them and then they kind of look at you different and they're like, oh, because they first look at you and they're thinking, well, what's this gringo doing, this expat, right? Like, how yeah. rude is he? And then when you buy it for them, you go outside and next thing you know, they're like, they want to take a picture with you. They're excited. And then they see what vehicle you go into and they look for you the next time and they want to make sure you're okay. So, you know, I'll stop, I'll have a beer with them. I'll uh, bring them drinks because it's, you know, always every day is, it's always 30 degrees plus, mm. right? And they're wearing the uniforms, right? So we'll stop and give them drinks, but they're trying to hold the peace. Now, with, like I said, the little petty theft we have in the area, their hands are tied because they can't really do much, mm-hmm. right? So that's where the community steps in and they want to protect the people in the area. They want to protect their investment which mm-hmm. is to make this a safe place. And yeah, I don't know if you noticed when we're driving around, there's a lot of people that hitchhike. There's a lot of young kids that hitchhike. And at first it's like, oh my God, what is this, what is this little child hitchhiking? Right? Like 15 years old, 16 years old, and they're hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. And then you start to realize it's the norm down here because people don't worry about, you know, is somebody gonna do something to me? Are they gonna kidnap me? Because it's not like that. Everybody watches out for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is a nice feel like, you know, beach parties, bonfires. Um, our friends have a nine year old little girl, Reese, and she's in Jungle Academy. And the owner of Jungle Academy reached out to me and says, Mark, thank you. I really appreciate all the expats that you're bringing to our school. I said, I bring them to you because I go, you're teaching this, the kids the way of the land. You're teaching them how to be entrepreneurs. You're teaching them how to appreciate and value what's around them and not take advantage of it. No, not destroying the forest, not destroying uh, wildlife, but help rehabilitating it, help to understand it, that it's not here for us to take, but it's for us to enjoy and, and to keep it going. Yes. Right? So it's actually pretty cool. But when you I come down it. next time, like I said, JT has to hop in with me. We have to take him out. I'm going to make we'll him. make sure we go up some really, really big dirt roads. Oh, you got to go <laughs> easy on him. He's like... He's the big tough guy here, but you know, I'm kind of more yeah. the fearless one. <laughs> okay, yeah, he didn't appreciate fine. me saying that. <laughs> he's like, fine. oh, at least fine. I'm not like, oh, it's a bug, it's a bug, because I hate bugs, you know. <laughs> I really do. Like, he had to kill a few when we were there. Oh, oh man. I love it. But yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Mark, and bless you. And we'll right, we'll talk you. to you bless again. You Thanks for being there for Amazing. everybody. Amazing. I look forward to it. And it was a okay. pleasure meeting with you guys too. Give it JT was a big really hug. Awesome. I will. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Laura. <laughs> Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.
Big scaredy cat. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I know you're going to have fun going in that thing and I'm going to make you go in. You're going to absolutely love it. All right. So uh, that is Mark Savoya. Give him a call if you want to investigate. I don't know. Do you know what? When I'm on this show, I'm just trying to show you guys a whole bunch of things that life is not, life is not this big. Life is like, whoa, God made a big world. He's got the whole world in his hands. So we have an event coming up March, uh, no, sorry, October 28th, uh, Lance Wall now. I hope you'll get your tickets. Please share, share, share. Tell everyone about this. Uh, go to my website, laurelin.tv and get to events. And there you will find this. Spread it, share it with all your friends, loved ones. Um, if you're struggling financially, we don't want you to miss coming just because you don't have the funds. And if it's a hard time, we just want you to know we're going to make allowance for that. So there's a, a way to have, you know, just get your ticket. Just get your ticket. All right. We just need you to be there. There is a VIP. Uh, those VIP are going to have a 9 to 10 o'clock with the speakers, a private time. And um, so if you'd like to be a VIP, please. I think we still have VIP tickets. I think we had a limit on them, but I think they're still there. I'll ask Dominique for tomorrow's show. And, well, no, tomorrow's the weekend. Um, but uh, uh, we just want you to come, and it's going to be absolutely incredible. So please share it around and tell everyone you know to get there. And if you're able to help us here at this show with covering any of our expenses, um, when we do put these things on, we put out this chunk of cash uh, to pay for a lot of things. And we have to you know, take care of speakers and all of that. And in the end, you know, you wonder like, why did I do this? I don't know if I, you know, can uh, afford doing this all the time. But if you're able to help us and you appreciate the show that you see here, the truth that you see here, the discussions that we have, um, unlike what's happening on CBC or Global, CTV, CNN, Fox, I don't know. We just try to have good discussions. We try to tell the truth. If you wrestle with the truth the way that I do, Will you help us to keep doing this? And um, please go to our website, laurelin.tv, and there is a donation button there. You can make a donation. You can even do it anonymously. Thank you. Thank you to the anonymous donors. Uh, to the others of you, I try to get a note out in a timely manner to thank you for blessing us. And some of you are able to give us a really substantial gift once in a while, and that just feels great because we have expenses and we, you know, we have to eat too, literally. I mean, there isn't, this is our job. This is our job. And so uh, we hope that you'll help us to do it if you appreciate what we do. God bless you for that. And um, I just want to close today reading from 1 Peter <clears throat> verse 3. And it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Amen. I just want something that doesn't spoil or fade. I just want something I can put all my hope into. And the only thing really that we have is something eternal. That God would literally be our stronghold, 
our anchor in this storm, that we would lose our trust in all of the things that are supposed to be trustworthy. I mean, we've all lost trust in government. We don't even know there's a political solution at all, frankly, tear the whole thing down. We've lost trust in our wealth because we do not know when that can just blow away like a tuft of sand, like flowers that fade and become nothing. We do not know when we take a hit and a personal loss, when friends let us down, when there's a disagreement that causes good friends to now be somewhat distant acquaintances, where families are divided. We don't know. There's no hope and trust that we can put in anything on this earth. And that's why I love this, that in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, into the inheritance that can never perish. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Isn't that great? I'm gonna underline that so that one day my kids read my Bible and they say, this is what mom thought was important. <clears throat> this inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Wow. So it says here that I guess in the last time there's going to be a salvation that is going to be revealed, a saving, a rescuing of us. There is going to be a place where we can plant our hope and our joy, where we can put all of our eggs in that basket, that everything's gonna be okay because we know how it ends, because we know it's all gonna be good because the word promises that and we have ultimate faith in God and God alone. And it says here, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Isn't that the truth? We've all been through griefs, haven't we? All kinds of different trials that have wounded us, family issues, money issues, things that have pained our souls, so you might have a little while that you suffer these things. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Amen. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well.
all is well. Thanks for joining me.